Well, good evening again, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Between the Shadows. This is Kristen. This is Kara. We just want to say thanks so much for joining us. We are back after a week off. And tonight we get to talk about 1795. Last place we left off was Sarah's last one and only appearance to Barnabas and didn't go over so well for him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She was was not happy with him by any means. So this brings us up to the point where David and Vicky have just gotten back from Boston. Mm -hmm. And... Sarah has already appeared to David, and they had some banter about how Boston was. They've each been to Boston, and Vicky gives Elizabeth a full report and says that David has been really well while they were there and didn't even talk of Sarah, didn't mention Sarah. Yeah. And Liz takes this opportunity to tell Vicky that the airline company found Burke's plane and that there was no survivors and all the bodies were burnt beyond recognition. Yeah. So all 16 bodies, I believe, is what they said. They found 16 bodies, but can't identify a one of them because they're all burnt to a crisp. All so they can really identify as the flight number, I guess. Right, right. Yeah. David is still troubled because the second he gets back, he starts bringing up Sarah again. Mm-hmm. And Liz is concerned and Roger's concerned and Vicky's concerned. The only one who isn't really concerned is Carolyn because she's under Barnabas's power and she's been aiding Barnabas in his endeavors to keep a secret, to make sure that David doesn't know anything about him because he's still worried that David knows something. Yeah. So the Collins family, they're in desperate need of helping David and there is one point when he's sitting in his bedroom and Sarah has come to him. And this is the final time that we see Sarah before we go back into the past, of course. But he tells Sarah tells David that the dead are trying to get someone at Collinwood. Mm-hmm. And David was like, oh, my gosh, is it me? Is it my Aunt Elizabeth? Is it Carolyn? And she's like, I can't tell you who. They just they're out to get someone. <laughs> so David relays this information to Elizabeth and She's like, oh, no, we're, we're doing this again, you know. And Julia comes in, and he, she was like, look, everything he says is true. Yeah. And so that is what prompts Elizabeth to find some kind of support, you know, and some kind of answers. And Julia shows them the picture of Sarah in the family album and says, "This I've seen this girl. She's real. Yeah. And she's a ghost. And It ends up being Roger's idea, I think, to just do the seance, right? I think so. He's like, well, if she's around here, then let's just try to get it. It was either Roger's idea or Julia's idea. Yeah. Because, well, if Sarah is a ghost, let's have a seance. I believe, you know, one of them was just like, well, she's a ghost. Again, with the Collins family, they're they're out of answers. They need answers. So their go-to is a seance. And this is the big one. This is the one where everything changes. So... (laughs) Barnabas has been sitting at the old house and he's been stewing about Sarah yeah. uh, because of the way it ended. Mm-hmm. And he refuses the seance. He tells Elizabeth, this is, this is ridiculous. And who cares what Sarah is? And, and she, and she accuses Barnabas of being obstructive. And he was like, well, I don't want to be that. And then Julia comes in and he, she was like, well, you better show yourself because I'm going to show myself. And he was like, well, what if Dave Woodard shows up and starts talking? And she was like, He'll name you, not me. Yeah. And so long story short, this is kind of just leading up to the seance. So eventually Barnabas decides, yeah, I better show and tells Carolyn he has a plan. Sit next to me. I have a plan. Mm -hmm. And they lay out all the chairs and light the candles. And Vicky makes sure that the family history is out on the table because Roger says, I want to make sure that it's Sarah and I don't want any doubt if she shows up. Keep it open on the middle of the table. Right. We can all concentrate. And I mean, Julia even tells him, look, 
physical appearances are rare, but as we've known from the previous seances, a spirit can use any person. Yeah. So, yeah. so they begin to call out for Sarah, and they beseech her, please show yourself, show us, you know, give us, show us a sign. If you won't appear to us, use one of us. You know, the 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 normal seance banter. You know. Yeah. And, and then you see Barnabas. You know, while they're beckoning to Sarah. They pan to Barnabas, and he's giving Carolyn that nudge, that prompt to right. start, quote-unquote, being Sarah. Right, exactly. The, the candles blow out, and London Bridge can be heard, and mm-hmm. that's when he gives Carolyn the little bit of nod, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she, quote-unquote, goes into the trance and tries to tell the family that Sarah doesn't know anyone named David and has no friend and just to throw them off. But Sarah does show up for real. And the person she uses is the person that Josette used and seems to be the only person that gets used in a seance. She she speaks through Vicky. And I love that. I love the part right before Vicky starts speaking as Sarah, like and while Carolyn is. And the look on Vicky's face while she's just looking at Carolyn, you can see, almost see the transformation happening mm-hmm. in her face, her mm-hmm. becoming Sarah. And just her facial expression just looked like the way Sarah would be looking at you. Yeah. Like you could just see her through Vicky. I agree. And then when she starts speaking as Sarah, like even her choice of words and tone of voice sounded like a nine, ten-year-old girl. I agree. It didn't even sound like a grown woman talking. I agree. That would, And so. that was beautifully executed. She did a very good job on that. And she she ends up telling the family, look, she's lying. She's not Sarah Collins. I'm Sarah Collins. And I showed up to her and she's lying, you know, and Mm -hmm. she she knows me. I've shown I've shown myself to her. And and she said that she won't show herself to anyone again. And the others ask her, you know, why? Why do you show up? Why why do you talk to David? Why do you play with them? And she says to tell him the story of how it all began. Mm hmm. And then she begins to relive the day that her new governess shows up. And she seems to be asking Barnabas if he'll still love her when he marries Josette. Mm-hmm. And then the light goes out and Vicky, Vicky screams. Yeah. And when Barnabas gets the lights turned on again, Vicky's gone and there's this strange woman in her place. She's dressed in the period clothes and mm-hmm. says that her name is Phyllis Wick. And she's been, been engaged by Mrs. Collins to be a governess to a nine-year-old girl named Sarah. Mm-hmm. So the family's like, what? There's no Mrs. Collins <laughs> There's here. no Mrs. Collins here. And she was like, well, isn't this Collins? They're like, yeah. And it's like, well, I'm the new governess. And, and you know, basically just. They're like, what is your name? Why are you here? She's like, I'm here to be a new governess to a nine-year-old girl named Sarah Collins. Right. And they're like, what? Yeah, so the family is just... So instead of getting the reactions from the family like you think you would, everything just freezes. It freezes. Everything just stands still. Nobody moves, and they go to Victoria. And that's where we're left in 1967. It just... Everything freezes. Time stands still. I don't know if it was, like, just poor film editing or whatever, but I loved how it actually did freeze. Yeah. The film froze, and everybody in that drawing, drawing room just... Froze. Stayed, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Whether like it was poor editing or whatever. I don't know. I think I, don't, I think that's exactly how it's supposed to be. Like they, like for a nine-year-old girl named Sarah, and then everything just stopped. Literally just. And the boom. camera panned out a little bit, and of course it's dark shadow, so you see the little microphone in the corner. But <laughs> the boom mic. But just the way everybody froze on cue, I thought it was it, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I just love it so much. Mm-hmm. And, and then Vicky finds herself in the woods right in front of the old house mm-hmm. yes looking at the old house and she's like her first question is where am i yes yes and then she's like that is the old house but it looks so different it's, something's different something doesn't feel right mm-hmm. and you know she walks closer up to the old house you can hear her thoughts and she's like what has barnabas done to it mm-hmm. like it, it looks brand new mm-hmm. 
And she she hasn't she hasn't caught on what's happened to her, you know. And she she's walking up to the old house just as, well, Barnabas walks out, you know. The front door opens, and she just, oh my goodness, Barnabas. She's so relieved. Thank goodness. <laughs> yes. She's like, I don't know what's happened, but I must have gotten lost in the woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like. Excuse me, who are you? <laughs> he, I think he's he's like, forgive me, young lady, but I don't think we've ever had the pleasure of meeting before. Yeah, and she's like, <laughs> he's what? So polite. <laughs> and I love this first look at Barnabas on screen as an alive and well human being, like a man. Mm-hmm. Almost like you can see it in Jonathan's face in that scene, like this is my time to shine. Yes. For this Barnabas. Yes. I haven't gotten to portray him as a, just a human, a man yet. Agree. Well, yeah, because we talked right. about the interview with, with Jonathan Fred where he was like, it wasn't the fang business that that I enjoyed doing. That that's not the part that I feel I fear I I feel brought fear. Mm-hmm. It, it was playing the many different facets of Barnabas. You know, you've got yeah. up until this time, all we've had is Barnabas Collins, the vampire, and sometimes the reluctant vampire now we have barnabas the human completely like human fresh like the fresh barnabas yes like he's got no woes in his past no secrets hidden he's mm-hmm. just barnabas it's so funny i remember the first time i ever saw this scene when i was a kid when we were teenagers <laughs> because barnabas has been kind of a jerk up until this point you mm-hmm. know and then he walks out of the old house and she says barnabas and and the look on his face she, he just turns around because he's very surprised i'm like oh crap he's gonna get her he's gonna get her forgetting that you know mm-hmm. he's not a vampire anymore mm-hmm. you know but or i say anymore this is obviously before but she he comes out and she's trying to convince him and everything that they know each other but he's just trying to convince her right back that they I don't I don't know you and she happens to notice his clothes makes a comment about the clothes he's wearing then the door opens again and there's Sarah alive and well Sarah pops out and all the first thing she says is it's her it's her yes goes on about that that this is my new governess and Barnabas is like is that who you are right she was like you have no way of knowing that Sarah and (laughs) yeah and and she's like yeah but I drew a picture of her and it looked exactly like Vicky in little nine-year-old cartoon form. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I'm just going to go off on a trail real quick about Sarah, like, and jump forward just a little bit, because she does end up showing Vicky the drawing that mm-hmm. she's talking about. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just because costume designers knew what Vicky was already going to wear, or <laughs> if I like to look at it as maybe Sarah's a little clairvoyant as well you know i kind of wondered that myself with she's deeper than she looks you know what i mean right because how could she have possibly known i mean this is 1795 how could she have possibly known what her governess was going to look like and barnabas commented on that she's like you have you've never even seen her how do you know like even down to the cute little ribbon bow she had in her yes yes her hairstyle like i don't know i like to think it was that and not that they knew what Vicky was going to wear in the coming scene. Oh, no, I absolutely agree <laughs> I like with to that. I think of it that way. And maybe that's where David kind of got it from, too. I and agree. And maybe that's why Sarah talks to David. Because it could be because he's open to it. He's His mind is open. and you know, I'm just saying. The mind of a child. Yes. The faith of a child. Also, it's the Collinses. Collinses have been talking to ghosts for centuries, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and been inside the black arts and, and whatever. I, I'm... I, I fully believe that this could have been could have happened to Sarah. Yeah. So yeah, Sarah goes out there and she's like, "It's her, it's her." And Barnabas is like, "You're supposed to be in there taking a nap, little girl." Mm. Yep. I laid you down like 15 minutes ago. Yep. <laughs> and so he's trying to get Sarah back in the house. Finally, she goes back inside. Vicky talking to Barnabas some more uh, learns that 
Collinwood, the big house, is still under construction. Like, it's, right. it doesn't even exist right now. Because he's, she's like, I, I live, I, I live at Collinwood. He's like, you right. live here, right. the old house. Right. She's like, no, the mansion on the hill. He's like, that's funny because it's not even. She, he was yet. like, nobody's lived there yet. <laughs> and she still hasn't grasped what's happened to her. She, yeah. all she knows is that something unnatural happened at the seance. Yeah. She doesn't realize that. But since everybody's still there, quote unquote, and buildings are still there, she's still on the same property. It's like right. I'm confused. I try. I keep trying to put myself in Vicky's shoes. Like if I were her, I, I probably you know, being thrust backward in time. I don't think she even suspected that. I mean, how would she even? No. Th- there was no way she could have even suspected that because, how like you said, possible? same same property, same faces. Yeah. And you know, later on, she's thinking to herself the way Barnabas was dressed and the way she was talking to Sarah like she was alive. And, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I, I can understand why she hasn't grasped and why it took her so long to understand, holy crap, I'm I'm centuries before I was even mm-hmm. born, you know? Well, in, in the world of Dark Shadows, the universe of Dark Shadows, time travel up until that point still didn't exist. Right. Like any kind of time travel. Right. And Dan Curtis was, he was fascinated by time travel. And this is where he got the idea. And he was like, let's go back and see how it all started. How did Barnabas become a vampire? Mm -hmm. So here we are in 1795. Yeah. And, and he, this is so funny. I know we've mentioned this before, but he talked about, you know, the ABC executives or the writers, they, they wanted him to get different actors to play these older, you know, these, this, older Collins family and he was like no we're going to use the same ones and they're like it's going to get confusing he was like no they'll follow us I trust them they'll yeah. follow us yeah. and of course I don't, we did of course we did of course we did and I mentioned it before it's the same concept and the only show I feel like has grasped that concept just a little bit in this day and age is American Horror Story right that right we use I remember their saying that for different characters and it totally works we totally follow nothing gets confused or jumbled right we get it and exactly it's fun and it's, it's fun. fun and and it's it, fun for the actors it's fun for us i agree like i i have heard so many of the actors on this show talk about when they went back into the, the past and they got to wear these period pieces and they're like well i played eight characters how about you right exactly, <laughs> exactly. um yeah i think nancy barrett played what topped them all she, she played them all, the most what, eight or nine characters yeah i think it was either eight or nine i'd have yeah. to go back and count them all because there's so many but i've got them written down here somewhere yeah she (laughs) (laughs) so so this is where we are we're in 1795 and vicky still isn't quite sure what the fudge is going on yeah and so barnabas just ends up asking her look are you a governess or aren't you Mm -hmm. and she says yes i i am and she was like okay well then you need to get a grip before my mother comes home Mm -hmm. And, you know, she tries to remind him of the seance and the things that happened during the seance at Collinwood. And and he's just like, I I got nothing. Mm -hmm. I I have no idea what you're talking about. But eventually he does get her to go up to a room and lie down, you know. And that's when Sarah sneaks back in and shows her the picture. Yes. So she doesn't lay down because, you know, she's too excited to lay down and too anxious to lay down. And she runs into who she think is thinks is Joe Haskell. Mm-hmm. But in all in all actuality, she's just one of the a lot of the opening scenes like in the episodes that we see in seventeen ninety five the, the line is, she's a stranger in a sea of familiar faces. So yeah. just constantly seeing faces yeah. she recognizes, but Every first different names. in 1795 is just like the first appearance, like she's meeting him for the first time again, only she thinks they're so-and-so. Right, she she recognizes the face, Every but they're completely she different. Runs into, she's like, oh, Joe, 
It's oh, so good Barnabas. to see you. Oh, yes. Sarah. Barnabas and Sarah are like the only ones that haven't changed. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so, so it's not really Joe. His name is Nathan Forbes. He's a lieutenant in the Navy, mm-hmm. and he's kind of a dirtbag. Like, yeah. he's kind of despicable. He's kind of a despicable character. Mm-hmm. Not right here in this scene. We don't, we don't see that yet. But later on, we find out just how despicable Lieutenant Nathan Forbes is. Well, and even his very first meeting with Vicky, he's trying to push up on he's her. He's trying to hit on her, yeah. And yeah, she ends up smacking him, you know. Luckily, <laughs> she gives him the firmest looking slaps across the face I think I've ever seen on the yes. show. Honestly. One yes. of the firmest slaps on the show. Boom. Exactly. And <laughs> and I and it surprised him and I'm like, Well, but why? But then you know, you think back, it's seventeen ninety five, all the women Especially since, you know, the show was written by dudes and not women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, women are to be put in their place, especially in this 1795. So the slap probably did surprise him. He was like, whoa, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's it's no big deal if a guy slaps a woman across the face. But if a woman does it, you know. If I came here showing my knees, you don't think I'm going to slap you across the exactly. face? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the ankles in 1795. <laughs> you got anything above the ankles, it's it's very <laughs> immodest. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, and speaking of that, enter friggin' Abigail Collins. Yes, this is, this is after she's already met with Naomi and, and, and Barnabas has told her, look, right. there was an accident on the road. The carriage crashed. The governess is missing. Right. Yeah. They get that cleared up. And there's kind of. there's a thing that I learned about this. When they had the seance, it created a rift in time, yeah. like kind of like a like a little quake in time. And that's what opened up the past and that's what caused the carriage to crash was this rift in time that's crazy and when the carriage crashed phyllis wick came to 1967 and vicky went back to 1795 it was just a like a temporal shift and that's crazy because if they if not for the seance nothing would have happened but it's just whatever happened in that seance that flick of a switch or whatever it just opened up this portal real quick on yes. the property and boom yes because you know because he didn't he didn't barnabas say that they crashed like right before like right on the road the main road mm-hmm. like on the collins property yeah it crashed on the on the on the back road or something like that and that's so. probably where vicky woke up kind of in the woods probably, in the woods yeah she was coming up on the old house right so i like to think that that's yeah but. i mean i love time travel that that is my thing i love the temporal shift i love the rift in time i that's why i watch doctor who that's why i watch back to the future those are two of my very very favorite things ever I just, I, I, I love the idea of time travel and I still hold on to some hope that, you know, before I'm dead, they'll figure it out, <laughs> but yeah. that's wishful thinking, but man, that would be so cool. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about that. Cause I, this is dark shadows, not got a lot of time sci-fi here. Talk about here. Yes. <laughs> it's not the first time they go back. Yes, definitely. So I, I think, I think that was one of the other things that drew me to dark shadows. Not only the stories, it was just, you know, you put time travel in there. I'm like, yes, I'm there. Let's do this. Totally. But I don't know. Totally. I've I've always loved the idea of time travel, and I hope someday we'll get there. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> and but and that, yeah, but yeah, that's when Abigail come, comes on the scene, and she's sitting next to Vicky's bed while Vicky's sleeping or whatever. Watching her sleep like yeah. a creepo. I just ugh. she wakes up. Vicky wakes up, and she's in that red maroon dress that Sarah drew her picture mm-hmm. in. Yep. She w- wakes up in this. And is like, where did these clothes come from? And Abigail's like, it belonged to one of the servants or whatever. It's like you were dressed entirely unmodest. You know, shockingly unmodest. <laughs> shockingly, <the> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good old Abigail. <laughs> and you know, she just questions and berates her more like everybody else did, mm-hmm. trying to get whatever information they can out of her, mm-hmm. and eventually twisting Vicky's answers and convincing herself that she's possessed by the devil. You're possessed by the devil, yes. And takes Vicky's 1966 clothes to burn them. Yes. And just walks out of the room and 
I'll figure you out later. Yes. Vicky somehow, I don't, I mean, she must have been on the main floor because she said she escapes out the window and that she runs over to the the mansion that's yes. still under construction. Now, in the in seven, in 1967, the servants' quarters is on the ground level, so I wonder if it, the servants' quarters is on the ground level in the old house, too. I mean, I would only assume. I yes. would only assume because they're, like, in the back of the house by the kitchen. Typically. Right, right. Like, typically, yeah. I mean, we don't really get a whole lot of the servants' quarters at the old house mm-hmm. because it's just been willy up until this point, you right. know? Well, and even the beginning, we mentioned it, going back to the very beginning before Barnabas, we got just those tiny little... Those tiny little flashes of, like, the breakfast nook mm-hmm. behind that door under the staircase in the mansion. Right. We got, like, a quick little flash of the breakfast nook. Or even in, like, in the town, like, in the very beginning episodes, you know, you got those quick flashes of um, Collinsport that we never really get again. Right. They just kind of make it feel a little real, like they're getting out of their car. Exactly. Walking into the diner. We don't get that kind of stuff anymore. So right. I can only imagine, you know, that's where the quarters are. Right. And, so, um, I mean, if she's walking out of a window, then, you know, the, the servants' quarters have got to be on the main floor. But so, anyways, she ends up at the big house. Yes. Still under construction. She's just hiding because that's the only place she knew to run to and felt safe. Right. And she, I, I think, I think part of her had to see for herself that, you know, this is what's actually happening. You know, they're not here in this drawing room. I think she had to go in and see for herself. Right. And she walked in and it's just, it's not in ruins. It's in. There's all these two by fours everywhere. And, and, <laughs> and tarps covering yeah. each things and, you know, the She's staircase. The staircase, I don't think, is finished. It's brand spanking oh, yeah. new. Brand, brand new. spanking new. And so new that there's no furniture in there. There's no wall hangings. It's just... And at that moment, we don't get past the foyer. Right. We just see the the, just the, the foyer. Yeah. yeah, the foyer. Sorry. <laughs> and she's walking around going, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. This can't be happening. And then in walks Jeremiah. Does, does she, doesn't she hear a hello? Yes. Hello. And then she, oh my God, Burke. Yeah, she she runs up and throws, his ar- th- throws her arms around him. And it just, that broke my heart just a little bit. And she was like, hold on, I'm sorry. You're not Burke. Yeah, but literally, like, it, it was a second, oh, Burke. And then she literally changed her tone a second later. And was I'm, like, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> He's like, why you gotta be sorry about? It was a simple I, mistake. Oh Jeremiah He's was so, so sweet. sweet and tender. He was so precious to her. And again, we've talked about this, Mitch Ryan. Mm-hmm. Mitch Ryan. Um, so this is, since the beginning of the show, we've had an actor change with Burke. Yeah. And he's not the first one. I mean, our first one was with Sam Evans. And the second one, of course, was Willie Loomis. Yeah. And we, we've talked about that, of course. But Mitch Ryan was our was the first to play our Burke Devlin. Yes. And next we had Anthony George. Yeah. And the two are completely different. And they both brought something different to Burke Devlin. Yeah. Mitch Ryan, in my opinion, he brought the rough and tough to Burke. You know, he was yeah. the one who did the time and who was hell-bent on getting revenge on the Collinses. You yeah. know, he was like, I'm tough, my name is Burke Devlin. By the time Anthony George came along and he was cast as Burke, he, he's over his revenge on the Collinses and he's very much in love with Vicky. Yeah. And the ice chips have kind of fallen from his shoulders and we get to see a much softer Burke. Yeah. And... The as- that aspect of Burke, I thought, was executed beautifully with yeah. Anthony George. And I thought the rough and tough Burke was executed beautifully by Mitch Ryan. So th- that so keeping that in mind, yeah. I believe that Anthony George was the best place, the best person of the two to play Jeremiah Collins. Yeah, not even Burke. We're not even talking about Burke Yeah, anymore, now we're on Jeremiah Collins. He was, I, because Mitch Ryan was, you know, he just had that tough exterior mm-hmm. that I don't think would have come off with Jeremiah he wouldn't have been as likable. I, I don't agree. Think. 
I, I don't know because we didn't get a chance to see it, but it's right. just my opinion. Like every time I try to picture Mitch Ryan in the period clothes and try to picture him as Jeremiah, I, I, I can't. He's Burke. Yeah. He's Burke Devlin. Yeah. Now, I think if Mitch Ryan had stayed on the show and just played Burke, they could have totally brought on Anthony George to play Jeremiah. Yeah. You know? I mean, honestly, it's crazy how much they resembled each other anyways, yeah. I think. So, I, I mean, that's that's my opinion. I think, I think that Anthony George was brought the tender loving aspect to both Burke Devlin and to Jeremiah and Jeremiah was sweet and he was patient mm-hmm. and soft spoken with Vicky and he definitely showed that when they met at, at Collinwood and yeah. he helped her you know he, he helped her and he, he told her how to get in with Joshua and Naomi and how to tell her story that would allow them to let her be the new governess because at this point they're all oh, this girl's right. crazy you know he's like well he's on his way home and we need to come up with a story now right so and he even stay. goes down to talk to Joshua and says, I've come into contact with her. She's fine. Mm-hmm. She's just scared. Mm-hmm. She crashed on the road. She doesn't know who she is. She's had a little bit of amnesia. And, she, you know, and, and Abigail, of course, well, why didn't she tell us that? Well, it's not like you really gave her a chance, you know. Yeah. While so. she's down there giving Naomi the same degree she was giving Vicky, like the, the woman of the house, the matron mm-hmm. of the house. This goes Abigail. back to the woman being in her place, you yeah. know. Which was kind of, it was just a little bit irritating. And, and she sits there and she, she, Naomi's pops up and says, may I say something? You know, like, yeah. like speak your mind, woman. Yeah. <laughs> and Joshua was like, well, of course, my dear, your, your thoughts are, your opinion's always welcome, you know. Yeah, and, and next to your sis. Right. We didn't, we didn't talk about this, but Naomi is, of course, played by Joan Bennett, mm-hmm. who is Elizabeth Stoddard. Mm-hmm. And Vicky came into contact with her and was like, Mrs. Stoddard, you know. And so that was her first, that was her first encounter with the matriarch of the house, you know, the mistress of the house. So long story short, Joshua does decide to let Vicky stay and be a governess to Sarah. Kind of like on a trial run. We're going to test you out, see how things go, see how Sarah likes you. Right, exactly. And that, that, that's pretty much all the introductions up until literally a knock on the door from the next episode. Yes. Enters Angelique. Yes. Angelique. And I, I have been waiting and waiting and waiting to talk about Angelique. She, mm-hmm. oh, Laura Parker, mm-hmm. if you are out there listening, girl, <laughs> you are, you, man, she was yeah. wonderful. And this is, Angelique shows up after Barnabas has been pacing up and down the drawing room floor because Josette's ship is late right. and it's raining outside and he's just, he's panicked and didn't even go to work that day because he was so panicked and his dad is giving Joshua Collins is giving him a hard time giving him grief and my gout keeps me in what what keeps you here (laughs) the part I did like I did jump ahead just a little bit but before Angelique does knock on the door Vicky meets Barnabas in the drawing room and he's just kind of pacing up and down the drawing room floor looking out the window and just whatever you know just and Vicky comes in and he's worried about Josette's boat because the there. boat is two weeks late. I think he said it was a week late. Yeah. It, yeah. At that point, he said it had been a week. And then a couple of episodes later, when the Dupre's actually get there, Jeremiah was like, well, your ship was two weeks late, sir. Okay. So I think maybe okay. maybe it was a week later that he had said this. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's like, it's a week late or whatever. And basically, Vicky, she has the family history book. She's read it. She, she knows, what, she knows what, what's what she, to come. She thinks she knows. So she's like, no. They'll arrive safely. Everything will be fine. And Barnabas is like, what? He's like, you say that so sure. I, I believe you. Mm-hmm. Are you psychic? 
I love so that even was, then he was interested. I love that. He's like, because I've always wanted to meet one. <laughs> I love that. She's like, no, no, I, I, I'm not. And she, she stumbles over it. She's like, crap. <laughs> She's like, oh, no. <laughs> but anyways, that's what Angelique, of course, then they get the knock on the yes. door. And then he's like, he's kind of dumbfounded because it's not Josette, but... It's Angelique. One of the boats did arrive. <laughs> right. So she comes in. It's pouring rain and storming outside, and their carriage got stuck in the mud or whatever. And right. She left the Countess, uh, Josette's aunt, mm-hmm. back in the wagon while she ran up to the old house, the the mansion at the time. Yes. And to, to get help, to mm-hmm. get the It's too far for my lady to walk, I think is what she said. Yeah. Jeremiah and I think Barnabas go out to help. And mm-hmm. um, Angelique goes with them. She's like, oh, no, I can, I can never leave her. No, no, no. Right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so they get back. Everything's hunky-dory. Natalie Dupre. Natalie Dupre. I love her, probably just because it's Grayson Hall, but I love her. Any character she's playing, I'm down. Yeah, I love any character she's playing. But Natalie, I love the spunk with Natalie. She yes. will tell you how it is, tell you, tell you what she thinks. Yes. She don't care. And maybe that's the riches in them. Like, yeah, it, it's a very... They have that pedestal. It's a very rich family. They yeah. are... They're not royalty, but... They're very close. Yeah. <laughs> because they... The Dupre's own a sugar plantation. They are in the sugar cane business. Yeah. Huge. And Andre Dupre, which is Josette's father, of course, is low-dead. Yeah. And... And didn't they make... It, it, isn't this... Correct me if I'm wrong, but is it kind of maybe like an arranged marriage, to, like business-wise, for like the shipping fleets to help? Well, ship out the sugar and everything, or well, I mean, I guess that could have been part of it, but did Barnabas and Josette meeting, love? they actually did fall in love, and which is which is what we're leading up to here yeah. with with Angelique arriving, but. Joshua even mentioned to Barnabas while he's sitting there giving him crap about not being at work and being at home worrying about the ship, you know, marriages were better when they were arranged and this this word love is only in mm-hmm. in woman's novels and a woman's not a future and but yeah. so so he's already had grief with Barnabas because Barnabas is marrying for love. Yeah. And yeah. but being that you know the the only reason Joshua's okay with this is because of he how rich Andre Dupree is. Endeavor. Yes. Yeah. They could they could become business partners and Yeah. So so no, I it, it wasn't an arranged marriage, but it was it was lucrative for everyone involved. <laughs> Joshua found the silver lining. Yes, it. definitely. And and with Joshua it's all about business, you yeah. know. And I have to wonder if Joshua and Naomi were an arranged marriage because they don't seem to be in love at all. <laughs> no, and I swear Joshua didn't even start to show any kind of emotion towards his wife until she was gone. She was dying, yeah. So, so. I mean, th- th- I think that maybe that's why I bring that up because I felt that way too with Joshua right. and, Na- and Naomi. Right. Maybe it was just a business, <clears throat> like a marriage, arranged marriage. Right, and there's another scene where Barnabas has gone off to help the Countess, you know, after Angelique shows up. Yeah. And she's upstairs drinking because that's what Naomi does to cope with this with this oh, family. Oh, was always sitting here to her room so she just sits up yeah, there Yeah, she, she sits up there and drinks and he was like, well that's fi- That's too fine a brandy to be drinking at this time of day. And So he pours it back in the 
the crystal. Right. <laughs> and then tells her, hey, the, you know, Natalie Dupre is here. And she's like, okay, I'll go get the rooms ready. She, he was like, looking like that. And I'm like, what's wrong with the way she looks? She you didn't know? look anyway, but good. Yeah, exactly. I mean. <laughs> I didn't see nothing, girl. Joan Bennett was, was <laughs> made for this period. I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. she just, she looked beautiful and regal. Even more regal than she did as Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth was pretty. Just on her made it yes. even better. I mean, Elizabeth was pretty friggin' regal, but Naomi Collins, man. Yeah. Man, oh, man. So Joshua's upstairs with Naomi telling her, you know, the countess and her handmaiden or whoever is has arrived and they need to get their rooms ready. And eventually they go downstairs and Barnabas has been down in the drawing room with Natalie trying to make her feel welcome and just small talking with her about the wedding and um, telling her that this the house that they're in now will be his and Josette's mm-hmm. because the rest of the family is going to move into the new mansion. Mm-hmm. And this will be the wedding present from Joshua. Right. For Barnabas and Josette. And Natalie's got something to say about the furniture. She's like, well, I hope they take all the furniture with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. So finally, his parents come down. They introduce themselves and la da They do more small talk. And mm-hmm. next scene, pretty much, you see the Countess and Barnabas sitting down reading tarot cards. Mm-hmm. So Natalie's just reading her cards like she does every day. And Barnabas, again, seems really interested in this. I love that he seems interested in, I guess you would call it the occult. The occult. The black arts. But I I, I love that he's got interest in it already, which kind of makes me believe. I know that he knew. I know that he didn't know at this point that Angelique is a witch. Mm Mm-hmm. But I, you gotta wonder sometimes if that was maybe part of their short relationship, like maybe talking about some of that stuff or like it could be. I don't know. I, it's one of those bunny trails I like to think about. I mean, and Natalie Dupre, Dupre knew that Josette's, excuse me, Angelique's mother was a witch. Yeah, and conjured up these spells and these potions and stuff. So yeah. I mean, and that's why Angelique's still around, right? Because Natalie and her mom. Yeah, were I think I think Natalie's mom was her handmaiden handmaiden yeah. before Angelique was. So yeah, I mean, there's it. a lot of history there so and she sees something in the cards like the card of death is sitting next to the bride or something the bride card the woman card i don't know the lover or whatever something like that and the high priestess yeah that's what it is thank you and obviously it's bad news in the cards and she's wigging out and then she starts worrying about Josette's ship and stuff Mm -hmm. hoping they make it on time and all that Mm -hmm. and my whole thing is that you know, Natalie is worried. Barnabas is worried about Josette's ship. And they have no idea that this part is the least of their worries for what's coming. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like, if you only knew. Mm-hmm. And shame on Natalie for pinpointing the wrong witch. Yes, and, and Abigail, too. I mean, you both were right the whole time, but about the completely wrong person. Right. It's like, and, and I expect it out of Abigail. She's the fanatic. Yes, but Natalie is But smart. Natalie knew that mo- that Angelique's mother was a witch and did potions and stuff. She didn't expect Angelique for one moment. Keep your friends close, your enemies closer. <laughs> yeah. I'm I don't know. There there's so much about the 1795 at such a tragic time. Mm-hmm. And I mean it's the beginning of the end. Yes, it's kind of. I mean we're going to talk about this of course because yeah. this these whole few episodes, these next few episodes are going to be all 1795 because mm-hmm. there's so much that happens. So you can't get it in one episode, guys. No. No. I I mean you can talk you can talk generally about it and but there is so much to go over and But shortly after that, after they're done reading the cards and everything, they go their separate ways. 
Barnabas is in his room just sitting down, Mm -hmm. mulling over. It looks like he's just in deep thought, Mm -hmm. sitting by the fire. He's got a knock on his bedroom door. And he's like, enter or come in. Who is it? Who is it? That's what it was. And Who is keeps it? The, the, no the knock, yeah, the knocking just keeps going. And, and he's like, well, what the frick? So he gets up and answers the door, and Angelique is mm-hmm. at his bedroom door. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of rushes in. Shut the door quickly. Shut the door. A ghost from your past. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and all of us as viewers for the first time are like, well, what the hell? What? Is this? <laughs> no, please, no. Now, I, I want to point, I want to say this because I think it's kind of funny. Um, so Angelique comes in, a ghost from your past, you know, in the revival series, <laughs> she comes in and she's half freaking naked when she comes into Barnabas's room. Like her dress is already undone and her underclothes are showing, which back then, you know, was <laughs> Whoa, Betty, you know, but it's, it was just funny, the, the contrast, you know, she was ready to go in there and get her some Barnabas, but... Just the difference between... Periods. The, de- the decades. Yes. Of filming. Yes. Like, this is 60s as opposed to the 90s. Yes. I mean, a lot's more forgivable in the 90s than it was Definitely. in the 60s. Definitely. But yeah, so she's in, she comes to Barnabas's room and pretty much lets out the elephant in the room that they've had, a, they did have an affair. They had an affair. When Barnabas was over in... Martinique. Martinique, thank you. Mm-hmm. And it, it seemed like it was just like a one-night thing, like a one-night affair. Like, the attraction was probably there more than that, longer than that. Yeah, I, you know, it's kind of hard to tell because the way they talk, it made it sound like, you know, a one-night affair. But then when they keep going about it, it's, you know, Barnabas had already met Josette. And, and Angelique had to have always been there yeah. because she was her handmaiden. Right, and he had already met Josette and then left Josette, had feelings for her, kind of. And then but at the, the, time, the excuse that he used was, I wasn't sure if she had feelings for me. Exactly. I wasn't sure about my own feelings. I didn't think I'd ever see her again. Yeah, he's and, like, I knew I loved her, but I didn't know if she loved me back. And Hence and, the affair. Right. And, he's, and he told Angelique, I didn't think that I was ever going to see Josette again. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so I think maybe there were some feelings there for Angelique. At the end of the day standing in Collinwood at the time. Weeks away from his wedding. But he basically tells Angelique, look, today and now I am in love with Josette and she is in love with me and we are going to be married. Oh, man. And obviously you can see the heartbreak and the fury in her eyes at the same time. Yes. And I feel her. I feel it. Oh, yeah. I mean, mean, anybody's been there before. With everything that Angelique did, I still felt like... She was still a woman. She was a woman in love. The problem with that, <laughs> the problem with that is that Barnabas got the scorn of a woman, and not only of a woman, but of a witch, a very powerful witch. Yeah. And of yeah. all people, he could have pissed off. <laughs> of all hearts, he could have broken. Yeah. He broke the heart of a witch. Yeah. And he pays, pays dearly for it. And it just lies the rest of your life. And not only him, everyone around him pays the price for what for Barnabas breaking his her heart. It just and like I said, this is 1795 is a heartbreaking time, and it's just and this is where it starts. And like in this is where Vicky finds out that everything's a lie. Everything, everything in that Collins family history book is a lie. It is a fabrication of Joshua Collins. Of Joshua. Because spoilers, 50 year old spoilers again, but at the end of 1795, there is not a single soul left standing except except Joshua Collins. Yeah. 
and we and Millicent as well. But like we said, she's kind of nutty. At she, the yeah, end. she she's completely lost, irreversibly and lost I don't her know mind. If she ever procreated. Is that no, the right word? she didn't. She didn't procreate. She, you know... She never had babies. Joshua said, I'm going to take her under my wing. I'm going to raise her like my daughter. But she never really got over what happened to her and what happened to the family. So in lies, did Joshua have more kids or... No, the rest of the Collins family came from Daniel Collins, Millicent's little brother. That's right. Because Joshua said, Daniel's going to be my heir. Everything I have is going to be Daniel's. That's right. Because we are jumping way ahead of here. Yes, we are. (laughs) But when we go back to Quentin's era... No, excuse me. I'm so sorry. We go back to 1840. It's that last time we go back to the past. Right. Daniel is an old man. That's right. And and That's he right. and he has inherited all of the Collins's fortune. You so. confuse me because Roger's playing. I know. <laughs> Roger, Roger always plays the 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 patriarch of the family, and it, right. it, it just it's like Liz. It gets confusing with all of his roles, but but, but yeah. So getting back on track back in track please because um, we got lots to talk about <laughs> so basically yeah he tells angelique I, I, I can't do it i yeah i don't deny what i felt for you at one point and what happened but it's not gonna happen right she was like so so all those nights and this is what makes me think it wasn't a one night stand all yeah. those nights in Mar- martinique did yeah. they mean nothing he was like they did but only then now yeah. now i'm I'm in love with Josette. I love her. Yeah. And and I have an honor to uphold as well. And I'm yes. not, I ain't going to do that. Yes. So again, pretty much end of episode and literally the next episode, Andre is Andre now Dupre. knocking on the front yep. door. And this time there is nobody there. There's no nobody serving, there serving to meet staff. him. There's no family member to open the door. Yep. So he, he, just, he helps himself to the, to the front door, you know, and cranky as can be. Nobody can greet me. What kind of family is this? They've been traveling for months. So, okay. Yeah. Andre Dupre, I understand. I get it. But, and I also, but before Andre Dupre walks through the door, we, we see a scene where Barnabas has broken Angelique's heart and she's out for blood. <laughs> so she comes into the drawing room and finds a little toy soldier and asks Jeremiah, he's like, what, what is this? And he was like, oh, that's a member of the regiment, you know? Yeah, and yeah. she's like, what are you talking about? She's like, that's what Barnabas called it when he was a kid. Those are Barnabas's dolls. You know, Sarah plays with them now. And, and she's like, aha, you know, mm-hmm. so she takes the doll mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, I'll take it back to the nursery. Yeah. Okay. She's like, I just want to look at it for a little while you know and he's like yeah sure whatever whatever and (laughs) so she formulates a plan and she has got the regiment the member of the regiment which belonged to barnabas Mm -hmm. and barnabas's handkerchief and she immediately she immediately tries to go to work but then decides wait i'm gonna wait till josette gets here and that's where it all starts yeah all the mysterious things yes barnabas is ecstatic she's made it She's made it. She's safe. And Angelique is the first to greet her, you know, mm-hmm. after Vic- after Victoria does, because Victoria is the one who comes down and says, oh, who are you guys? And of course, you know? Vicky's got, after we take took a break for just a little bit, Vicky meeting somebody new, mm. here comes her Maggie. Yes, Maggie in. and Sam Evans. Yeah, and she's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> right. And and Josette notices. She picks up. She's like, is something wrong? She's like, why do you keep staring at me? She's like, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Am I staring? You know? Yeah. And I don't know. I kind of think that may be a good place to stop because things are really strange. Things are going to start picking up here. And I and I want more time to talk about them without keeping you all night here. So, <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, if we keep going, it's going to be another hour, guys. But we've made a little dent into 1795. That is the introduction to 1795. Yeah, pretty much everybody's been introduced, I think. For just the about, most yeah. Part, just about. The just only about. other person we haven't talked about yet, and 
we will get to him is Mr. Ben Stokes. Mr. Ben Stokes. And, but we don't see him until a, a little bit later. Uh, Vicky runs into him. And, yeah. but she's kind of settled down into her right. servant's place. Right. You know? And I definitely do want to talk about that. But this is the introduction to 1795 because everything after this. It is just boom, boom, one boom, thing one thing, other. one thing after another, it and goes fast. it's it, it goes it's, faster every time I watch it, and it's more and more tragic every time something yeah. happens, and yeah. it's like, what else can happen? And then this happens, and then this happens, and it's just yeah. so. So next week we're gonna continue. We're gonna pick up on the storyline and continue in 1795. We just want to say thanks so much for joining us tonight and letting us geek out once again over dark shadows. We. We love the fans. We love the comments, and just keep them coming, guys. We notice every single one. Every of them single guys one. Love reading them. Yes. So um, our our email, same as always, is between the shadows twenty twenty one at gmail, or you can find us on Facebook. We are we have joined several fan groups on Facebook just just to mingle and, and schmooze with you guys because we you know we can't get enough of Dark Shadows. So yeah. just yeah. you know find us, reach out. We see all of your comments and we appreciate them more than you'll know. Thank you so much. Until next week, guys. Keep it between us and the shadows. Good night. Good night. A seance has been held in the great house of Collinwood. A seance which has suspended time and space and sent one girl on an uncertain and frightening journey into the past. Back to the year 1795. There, each of the Collins ancestors resembles a present day member of the Collins family. But the names and relationships have changed, and Victoria Winters finds herself a stranger in a sea of familiar faces. You've been listening to Between the Shadows, a Dark Shadows podcast. All original Dark Shadows music, video clips, images, and media are the sole property of Dan Curtis Productions and is only used to promote Dark Shadows and should not be distributed, copied, or reproduced.